guys, welcome back to the Strong and Lean podcast with my very first guest of the podcast, Mr. Greg Fearon. Greg, how are you, mate? I'm very good. I feel honoured to be the very first guest as well. I was, I'm, I'm touched. Very welcome. You were very welcome. Um, yeah, me and Greg um, connected, what, maybe four, four months ago now? Three, four months ago? Yeah, about three months ago now, I think, yeah. And um, yeah, I think you're, uh, you're fighting the good fight. Uh, love some of the content that you're, um, that you're throwing out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Shelly down the road. Yeah, exactly. So it'd be great to um, yeah give the, give the listeners an idea of uh, like who you are and um, how you got into the industry. Cool, awesome. Um, so, sorry, my phone just rang. Typical, isn't it? So I've been um, in the industry now for about 10, 15 years. I maybe longer than that actually. So I'm forty now. When I was at college um i did obviously a level pe i went to uni and did, did a sports science degree then i kind of fell into management and stuff um had a bit of a long sabbatical and doing management roles but i think that taught me about people um as a big thing and then about 10 years ago i got my pt cert maybe a bit longer and then on with doing the management jobs and i and now i'm, I'm a full-time pt online coach nutritionist and yeah, there we go. So that's me. Sweet man. How, what what sort of things? Going back to your sports science degree, do you think that that's translated over quite well to like what you're teaching today? Because you always hear like you know, should you have to go to university to kind of learn the the whole sports science thing, or did it? You know, is it like something that perhaps if you're trying to get into the industry, it's like well, actually, you don't need to kind of go down this route. I personally think if you're if you really want to understand it all, then ideally, yeah, do a degree or do a really good qualification, um, because you still you need to know the the science underpinning what you say. But obviously, working with a lot of the clients that probably me and you work with, they don't need to know you know the rate of glucose uptake <laughs> in a in a metafit session or something. Do you know what I mean? They don't need to know that. But I think having a science behind it to underpin your knowledge. Um, does go a long way, definitely. Yeah, yeah I don't think it's it's probably not always a fully applicable to um, the clients that we have um, nowadays. But yeah, how how far does your um, physiology go with clients? Because I know I know what you mean with in terms of like explaining like energy systems to them or like why perhaps the anabolic window after the train isn't as the good old anabolic window. Um, to be honest, I try and use what I've learned over my degree, years and years and years, and I, I just try and think, right, how would I make it as simple as possible so that the client can understand it? So, yeah, I kind of, you know, so energy systems, like you said, you just want to make it very, very simple and say, right, if you're doing this sport, you're going to need this energy system. If you're doing this, you need that. And I think I just try and make it as simple as possible for people, um, which is weird because sometimes they... They then, then they then want the overcomplicated um, scenario or the reason and detail behind it, and that always makes me chuckle. <laughs> so it's like you don't. It's good to know it, but is it absolutely necessary for the application of what you need right now, kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. And I think we get clients that sometimes want the overcomplicated thing, but actually it stops them from doing what they need to do. And that's the biggest takeaway that I've probably got over the years. 100%. So 
you're in the corporate world. You're, I'm guessing, doing like a nine to five kind of dealio. Yeah. Yep. Probably one of the most classic things then is is trying to overcome that that lifestyle, that that corporate, you know, job that we do. It's yeah. coming from like a also a corporate background as well. Understand the the frustrations and the difficulties that can arise when you're trying to handle and deal with that, you know, that type of career. So what were, what are some of the things that you faced when you were trying to tackle that nine to five life and how did you overcome it? Um, I think one of the things was, so I used to work for Carphone Warehouse and kind of when Carphone Warehouse was in its big boom phase and it was everywhere. So that was quite an entrepreneurial company. They were like, right, you got an idea, just go and do it. Then I went to the pensions regulator after redundancy and then I went to the NHS. And it's like pushing mud up a hill with your hands tied behind your back. Um, so at times it was fairly frustrating. I'm quite maverick. I'm just like, what? Well, let's just do that. It doesn't make sense to do that, 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 that. Let's just go to the fastest route. I guess though what it did help show me how to do is obviously through my, my roles, it was kind of management roles. Um, it helped me to, to learn how to do with people because I think that's probably a massive skill that a lot of PTs don't have. Um, and also an understanding into the background and the mindset of someone who is a busy, you know, 40 year old woman who's got a desk job. Um, her mate's always given her chocolates every day, wants to lose weight. I've seen it, been there, and I've watched it happen myself. So it does give me a good insight into the kind of clients that we work with. Um, and how their mindset works and what, what barriers they face as well. Absolutely. Do you think that it's almost come to the point now where trying to be healthy in an office environment is now maybe not the norm anymore? Yeah, it's weird because obviously considering I used to work in the NHS, right? So you'd think we'd all try and be healthy, but we had flapjacks, chocolates, and you saw fruit maybe once every two weeks. Um, and the nurses used to bring me wine gums and ginger beer every day, so I got fat quite quick. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, that there is this kind of like want to please people in the in the in the corporate environment. So then, obviously, we be bringing chocolates, cakes. Um, there's always there's always a baker in the office uh, who's like, "Oh, have my cakes and all that kind of stuff." So it is quite difficult. You are seeing companies though trying to make the change to a more healthy environment. However, on the flip side, people are working longer hours. So it doesn't quite match what company X is saying about, well, we want you to be balanced and have a great lifestyle and healthy lifestyle, but we're also gonna ask you to do an extra hour of time every day. So we need to get that bit right, I think. Yeah. I always found it as well difficult because it's always a birthday. There's <laughs> There's always an occasion, there's always a, like a charity event or you know something going on. So when you're saying to yourself, look, I'm going to start next week on Monday, even that week there's going to be something that, that always crops up. And so it's always this like negative kind of uh, vicious cycle of you never being able to start and have like a, a good string of like progression or you know weight loss or whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. It, there was always this kind of blocking factor that <laughs> I found personally as well, where it was like, God, now I've got to start another week and another week. It was just always the same story. Yeah, I think there is that big thing. And I think this not just in that kind of corporate, it's everywhere, right? Diet starts Monday because you know by Wednesday that your mate Rita would have bought in cakes because it was her birthday. Then it was Shelley's birthday. Um, 
as well. But I think what we're trying to do, and I know that you, you know, do this as well, is trying to get people to to stop this good bad mentality because I think that's actually probably the biggest blocker to people getting results. Right? It's that well, I've had something really bad now, so therefore, slap myself on the wrist. I'll start again next Monday. Well, actually, food is food, and I think when we take away that kind of moral dance from it, it actually can help us to be um, to be flexible and non-nutrition but still get results and I know you do the same with your clients as well so there's yeah. no good and bad foods none of this good and bad food I think that's a big myth that we need to really educate the public on um, and really get into the mindset of people that there is food some that's going to be high in nutrients low in calories and there's going to be the flip side high in calories, low in nutrients but it is still food um, and that's all it is do you see the industry moving towards that acceptance of the fact that like fit, like there are no good or bad foods. It's really like a good or bad diet. Or do you think that actually maybe it's going a little bit the other way with like all these different types of like diet protocols and <laughs> religious kind of, uh, <laughs> oh dear, don't you, you asked me that question on purpose, didn't you? Um, <laughs> all right, Greg, calm down and breathe. Right. I think a couple of years ago, it felt like the whole, you know, kind of if it fits your macros, flexible dieting approach was starting to take hold. But I think in the last maybe two, three years, I'm seeing the, the rise of veganism. Um, and it almost starts to fuel again that extreme dieting type behavior. Um, so, you know, we had the vegans kind of come up yeah, about two years ago, and all of a sudden it was everywhere. And you know, veganism is not bad per se, but I do feel that there is, in order to show yourself as brilliant or amazing or whatever, you have to stand out. So obviously what you do is you now make your diet the story and you make it a religion and that makes the persona that people then follow. So then you get people going, oh, well, I've got to be vegan or I have to do this protocol or I have to do keto. Keto is another one that's just gone mental again for some reason. Um, so it kind of feels like it's going back towards extreme diets, fads that people can't sustain. Um, and we're just repeating a cycle of the 80s and the 90s, you know, low carb, high carb, low fat. We're just repeating those same mistakes all the time. Um, and I think that's where most of my clients come from is that they've been on every diet um, I think the average woman of 35 has been on like 10 diets or something crazy. And you get, so I think the problem, and the other challenge is obviously that everyone and their dog is now a nutritionist or a PT. It's crazy. Um, and social media is good in that respect that it allows us to share our knowledge. But by the same token, you get people that maybe look good, but actually haven't got a clue. And they're, they're doing it all from behind an Instagram account. And people are trying to be like them and they have to be mindful of that so i mean I, I, i'm assuming you have the same kind of situation as well yeah there's a lot of things that popped up there in that and i was thinking the first thing was when you mentioned about the the fact that an average woman by the age of 35 has tried 10 different diets and so that's 10 different ways of thinking about nutrition and yeah. so it's almost like and you know, let me know if this is the same for you. You almost have to rewire and re-educate someone on how they think about food and nutrition. Is that the same for you? 
Definitely. I think um, I think what's happened is as well, because I'm a little bit older than you, right? As you can tell by the grey hairs and stuff. Um, no judgment. <laughs> no, you weren't supposed to laugh at that point, thanks. I'm really hurt. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Um, no, I think what happened was with kind of my parents and kind of back this generation, it kind of was you ate your veg, you had a bit of meat, and you had some potato or rice. So actually it was a fairly balanced meal. Um, so that was okay. But now I think you'll get into the stage where people have had so much diet influence, you know, sitting on Weight Watchers, um, etc. Atkins. Like you say, they've got all these things in their head and actually just trying to get them to go back to basics can be actually quite tough. Um, trying to get to kind of wipe clean the slate and trying to, you know that pen in, Misha, in um, Men in Black where they forget everything? Oh, the, uh, yes, the neuralizer? Is that that's the one? That's the one. I, I often want to get that, do that with a client and just like, right, I'm going to erase all of your nutrition, knowledge, habits, and let's just start again. And let's just start with basics as well. Because like, most of our clients just need basic stuff. Um, and it doesn't need to be complicated. But I think what's happened, what's, what's also happened in the fitness world is that, like I say, everything's got to be extreme. So you've got your beast mode, you've got this fat burning workout, um, which is another bugbear of mine. So it's almost that case of, if it's not extreme, then I can't live up to what X celebrity looks like. So I'm going to keep trying, fail, keep trying, fail. It's like a moth to a flame um, until you latch onto another celebrity and go, ooh, I want that diet. Moth to a flame, moth to a flame. So you just keep failing. You just go around all these diets just failing um, because they don't fit your lifestyle, your culture, your exercise history, all of that stuff, because the person at the end of Instagram or whatever, or Facebook, doesn't know that person at the end. And I think that's where, where you work with your clients, I think, is that you try to get to know them personally, what their history is, and like you said, kind of strip it right back, um, and just get them doing the basics. And when you get them doing the basics, it's always that way you get some results. Yeah. It's almost as if... Um overcomplicating things is sexy now mm. yeah definitely i mean you can't even now you can't just do a press up right you have to do a press up with a burpee on one leg with a ball spin on your hands to call it fat loss training do you know what i mean i think and i, and I think that's maybe that's human nature like we have to label everything um and that's a really big one for me like everything has a label and people are starting to label themselves diets now it's crazy like you know, hi Rich, I'm keto. What? <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? be, yeah, it could just be well, I you know, I follow like a lower carb diet, but sometimes you know, if I'm going out, I'll have the occasional pizza, so I'm not you know having to, to always be in this ketogenic state. Um, you know, I'm allowing my diet to, <laughs> you know, my lifestyle is my diet kind of thing. It's not like oh no, I can't go out now because I'm this keto advocate. It's yeah. you know you make it as flexible as you possibly can to your own lifestyle, which I think is really uh, important. Yeah, because you want to be able to go out with your friends. And I think you did a post the other day on LinkedIn or, uh, or Facebook. It was just talking about going out for a Chinese or something and being able to enjoy the food and the company. Because, yeah, look, food is social. It's a big part of our lives. And it has such big status now because there's so much money behind it now. There's so much advertising, so much competition. They're having to do more things to stand out. Um, but actually if most people just had like three meals a day didn't snack 
you know, like when we were kids, you went to school, you had breakfast before you left the front, the front, the front door, and then you went home, and then you went to school, you had lunch, then you went and had dinner. But is that too simple? <laughs> possibly, possibly. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Uh, oh, there's no like um, peri workout while you're having, you know, at school. You need to have something during lunch, kind of thing. It's uh, moving away from that, you know, simplicity thing where it just sells, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's almost at the stage where I'm like, what did mankind do before keto? Like, or before, you know, high carbs? Did, 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 did early man just go, oh, I'm not going to eat that, that yam to pull out of the ground because it's, it's before my workout. I've got to eat after my workout kind of thing. Um, how did we manage to kind of conquer everywhere around the world? If we couldn't get, up, if we didn't have low carb diets, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I think I read. I think it was um, I read in the Hungry Rain by um, Stephen Guynet. There's a tribe in Africa, and when the males go off to hunt, um, if they're trying to find like a antelope or deer or whatever, it just shows my like <laughs> geography of like Africa. But if they're trying to, to hunt something and they find like a um, a beehive, they will stop their hunting immediately and go and go to the beehive, go in it, pull out all the honey and like take all of the, all the content of it because it's going to be a higher yield of calories like immediately as well. Yeah, because they've been trekking through the bush and they need the calories, right? And they need, the, they need that fast-acting um, glucose and fructose. So it's, a, it's like, like we say, I think the problem is is that there's too much media available. You've got the Daily Mail, um, for example, the Daily Fail, as I call it. And, but the problem is, is because we've been brought up to be like, right, your authority is the news or the newspaper. But that's where you should get all your information from. So people will go online now. Ooh, today's diet is the, the fast in the fight two diet. We've got to go on that because it's in the paper. And that gives authority. And that's the battle that we have to, to fight. You, know, you might have a client that fight two will work awesome before. But if you've got another client, it's just not going to work for. And I think that's what we have to do as coaches is to get the client to see that we're trying to make this fit their lifestyle, not the other way around. Yeah, 100%. And uh, yeah, it's good you mentioned about the um, like the journalism and sort of giving off health advice. Um, it's always a very difficult place to, to kind of look at them as authority because their job is so demanding that they're almost like forced to have to go out and find the first research paper they find online. You know, they'll type the date and have a look and, oh, eggs give you cancer now, great. And they'll type it up without actually going in and looking at the research and what the literature is actually saying about, you know, the study. They haven't looked at, oh, perhaps maybe, you know, X participants were not getting enough sleep, weren't eating enough fiber, weren't eating enough vegetables. And it kind of gets, you know, people that kind of look towards the media as their, their source of information are probably best served off by, going someone that's a bit more pragmatic and in the trenches so to say so that's uh, like a really good point so looking at your social media i know that you're like a an advocate of rock climbing i hope i've got that right <laughs> yeah 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 indoor bouldering like, as it is yeah i like to boulder How yeah. did you do that? oh god um oh lord so i guess it was about two and a half years ago uh, me and a friend of mine who's also a coach um we said, oh, let's just, he said, oh, let's just try it one day. So me and I think the lady I was seeing at the time, we just went, um, that was about two and a half years ago. And now 
it's kind of part of my weekly regime. I, I have to do it. I kind of feel a bit lost if I don't go on a wall and start climbing around. Um, and it was also partly to conquer fear, right? Because I'm scared of heights. I hate heights. Like, I don't like heights. I, I hate going on planes and stuff like that. Um, but when you're four metres in the air and you've got like a tiny little hole to grab hold of, it kind of makes you do do things, do what you have to do, right, to get there. Um, so, yeah, that's why I do it. I think it's just my release. I always make sure I do it on a Monday and a Thursday pretty much most weeks. Yeah. And, and it's not even a case of it, you know, and I think this is, this is a really big one. I think you'll probably have some thoughts on this. I think we always think of something has to be for fat loss, right? So... I get questions like, great, but go climb. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've seen videos and the rest of it. I'm like, yeah, awesome. Like, do you do, is it, is it like a great workout? Is it like good for burning calories? And I'm like, I don't care. I just do it for fun. Maybe a bit of strength and, and stuff and like just a good laugh with my mates. That's why I do it. Um, and it's part of my fitness regime, but I'm not worrying about the calories I burn or how much muscles it's going to make me have or whatever. So yeah, love it. Just give it a try. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll venture over to a, uh, a climb wall at some point and uh, yeah, let know how it goes. But in uh, in terms of the the exercise thing, you're hundred percent hundred percent correct. I no longer see the exercise as the the means to the fat loss. If that's what I'm going for, mm-hmm. it's just a tool anyway, isn't it? Like it's a tool in the box you can use. But you know, if I'm playing football or I'm you know in the gym or something, it's there's a reason I'm there. It's not just like I'm just doing it for like maybe the kind of the hell of it, but I'm enjoying it at the same time. It's not as if I'm just like doing something I hate, but there's always that, that question, what's the best exercise for fat loss or what's the best exercise for weight loss and what's the thing that's going to tone me up? And it's like, we, I think we all know the answer to that is, you know, but sometimes it's just reminding people that, that, you know, there's not going to be one activity that's going to fix you. It's going to be a multitude of different things. Yeah, and I think that's the thing we have to get people back to the basic again. And it all, and it, we, you know, we kind of keep coming back to this conversation that it's all about the basics, right? It's all like, you know, get your sleep on, walk, hydrate, eat some vegetables, probably more vegetables than you currently do. Go easy on the on the big amount of pasta you have, eat more protein, and then do some activity that you love consistently. I think if most people just adopted those kind of things, I think it would be they'll be much further along than thinking, oh, maybe I need to squat, I need to do this because this person on Instagram says this and all the rest of it. I think exercise is such a means to so many other powerful benefits. You know, I've made friends through climbing. Um, I used to dabble in martial arts for a long time. Going back, actually, I started I started a class last week, so I'm back in martial arts as well. But again, it's more just helps me move, helps me stay flexible, but I've also made some new friends. I love it. I'll stick to it. Um, but I think we're so obsessed that everything has to be around fat loss that sometimes I drive me the wall. I'm like, can we just talk about just getting in the gym and doing some reps? <laughs> like, yeah. And I think, again, it's the sensationalism you put around it. You know, oh, well, this ultimate fat burning workout when most of those kind of higher intensity activities don't actually use fat as a fuel substrate. Ah! <laughs> um, it's like, you know, if you sweat more, then you stop eating. Was it one of my old clients? I, well, she actually, she's actually a client again now. She came back, she's like, 
used to have a joke that Sweat was fat, crying. You know, but that's, that's what people perceive exercise to be. They perceive it to be a means to drop fat. Yeah. And we know that all the research says actually it doesn't contribute as much as you think it is. Um, but it's great for staying healthy, looking after your body, looking after your mind, social. Um, there's low risks of things like dementia, diabetes, heart disease. Like if that that should be enough for people to just get in the gym or play netball or whatever it is they need to do, just go do something. Stop worrying about, you know, is it going to burn fat? I think the beauty of the of the journey is as well. Like the, the weight loss will come with that as long as they instill that habit into their life, then the rest will just flow. And then I think the beauty for me in the journey is that because they then start to understand that, oh, actually exercise is like a really good idea. <laughs> like it was just, it, it, it overlaps into other areas of life as well. Yeah. Relationships, career, family, whatever it is. So, you know, it's, um, it's a very, very powerful tool that I think a lot of people um, maybe don't utilize as much as they should. Um, there's actually an interesting, there's a point someone made, one of those kind of sayings and the saying goes, um, what you do, how you do one thing is actually how you do everything. And like you say, it, it, it will spill over into other areas of your life um, and make things better all around. And if you apply the same principles of being consistent in the gym or consistent to your netboard, whatever game you decide to play or do, then you'll start to see it manifest in, it, in your work. You'll see it in your... Oh, that's entering. You'll get to see it in you get to see it in different aspects of your life. Um, so I think that's massively important that you get that physical activity in and then it just spills over everywhere. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um, awesome, man. That was uh, really, really insightful today. Thank you for uh, sharing the time. One more question that I uh, have to ask everyone. Well, I'm going to ask everyone. Okay, <laughs> I'm a bit scared now. Yeah, wait for it. It's going to be, um, so what does a strong and lean life mean to you? Oh, I think there's a couple, there's quite a few things for that. Um, so I know Strong and Lean Life is your, um, your program and I know you do awesome stuff from it as well. You're, and you're passionate about what you do. And I think for me, a Strong and Lean Life is you can do whatever you want when you want to do because you're physically and mentally able to do it. Um, and, and you're not, you don't have to be necessarily lean. I think you have to be living the lifestyle of someone that generally stays leanish, right? I think it's about the change and the mindset, the habits um, as well. So I think it's about you're living the, the, the characteristics and the lifestyle of someone who wants to be strong for the rest of their life, wants to be fairly leanish. I mean, that's not, we're not saying you have to have abs. But I think you're active, you're eating the right foods, you're chilling out. So I think that's what a strong and lean lifestyle is, is for me, definitely. Awesome answer. Love it. So uh, if you just want to let the guys know where they can find you on the, on the socials. On the socials? Oh, Lord, I'm all over the place. So uh, uh, Instagram, Greg Project Fit UK. Um, I've also got a little sideline where I do all my climbing stuff uh, called Just Greggles. That's just more my, you know. Um, I'm Project Fit Harrow on, on Facebook and also Greg Fear on um, catch me there. Awesome. Just the one G, isn't it? The Just the one G, yeah. Please don't do too 
<laughs> awesome, man. Well, it was really great uh, speaking to you today. Um, really, really enjoyed it. And a really, really insightful thing. So thank you very much. And, uh, I hope you have me again. I think you need to get on my podcast as well now. Actually. <laughs> Calling me out, are you? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I think I need, I need to get some knowledgeable fit pros on there. So I'll be calling you up to to get you on there mate sweet as mate yeah consider a date <laughs> oh and are we gonna do climbing as well right we've got to do the climbing i'll come up and climb absolutely all right we'll sort that out i'll be there i'll be there mate <laughs> take it easy guys. All right, mate. so hopefully that's given you a lot of value to go away in action today if you want to reach out feel free to send us a message i am richard angel on facebook Otherwise, head over to www.strongandleanacademy.com. Peace.